This I Work For Him podcast is brought to you by the Pocket Testament League. Visit ptl.org for practical resources and encouragement to help you share your faith. ptl.org. Hey, welcome to I Work For Him this afternoon as we are going to broadcast you from Austin, Texas. We've got some phenomenal guests to join us today. But first, I'd like to invite you to join with us on our social media platforms. We're on Instagram, we're on LinkedIn, we're on Facebook. Just look for I Work For Him. That's I Work, the number for him. And on our website, all of you listening all across the country, some of you listen to podcasts, some of you listen to the broadcast, some of you listen to the streaming on the website, iworkforhim.com, iwork, the number four, him.com. Click on the contact us. Let us know you're listening. That would be a huge encouragement to all of us, especially those of you listening in the Hampton Roads, Virginia area. We would love to hear from you to know that you're hearing us, even though it's late at night when you're listening. But thank you to our Jacksonville, St. Augustine, Folkestone, Georgia audience, and of course to our Tampa Bay audience in our flagship studios in Tampa Bay on AM 57910 and FM 102.1 in Lakeland, Florida. You know, as we head off to Austin, Texas today, we're going to take a step back for a moment and dig deeper into what does it take to change the heart of a city. First, we talk with Dania Heffington. She's a director of the member experience or director of member experience, but the member experience from Sidera Health. Check them out online, sedera.com, S-E-D-E-R-A.com. As we talk with Dania about her role as a female leader and about Sedera's healthcare sharing solution, which I personally believe is the answer to every organization's health care provision issues. Dania's got a great story, and I can't wait for you to hear it because I heard that she's got a great story from multiple people. They said, you've got to interview Dania Heffington. Second half of the show, we're going to stay right in Austin, Texas to talk with Rich Carney about Austin Bridge Builders Alliance and how this old community is changing the face of culture and relationships within the big C church all over Austin, Texas. I can't wait for you to hear that story. It's all about what you can do no matter what your position is within the organization that you're working within and being able to say every day when you go to work, I work for him. Dania Heffington, welcome to I Work For Him. Well, thank you, Jim. I appreciate that. We're excited to hear your story a little bit, to Dania, today. And I wish we had a whole hour, but in, in the 30 minutes that we captured, let's just capture, how, first of all, we ask this question of every first-time guest. How did you become a believer, a follower of Jesus? Mm, I love that question, and I wish I could say... Um, I wish I could say that I was older so that I had a lot of worldly experience that then Jesus radically changed my perspective on the world and on life. But I have to say that um, I was raised in a Christian home and kind of became friends with Jesus when I was about nine and, um, you know, had the had the typical teenage and college kind of experience. And when I was in, a, in my young adult, um, I really just was convicted at one particular juncture that I, I wasn't walking, walking the talk, so to speak. Um, had great philosophical conversations in college where I would advocate for Christianity, but then um, became convicted that I just wasn't walking the talk. So believe it or not, the Lord kind of brought me, um, wooed me, if you will, back to him in a really kind of interesting way. Um, well, tell us about it. Having grown up. Yeah, so having grown up kind of more in a um, a non-denominational environment, more a home church kind of environment, 
um, he took me through um, a lot of different faiths on my way back to him, um, starting with Lutheran, wound up in Episcopal, spent some time even visiting with Catholics, um, went through Baptist tradition, went through more of a Pentecostal tradition, um, went back to my roots of Methodism, where um, which was the church that I was raised in, before landing at um, a truly interdenominational church. But but through all of that, just um, what the Lord showed me was the beauty in all of His multiple expressions of faith throughout the body. Um, and so I, I think that that Ephesians 4 um, chapter about Jesus being the head and us being the body and how many different functional parts there are to a body, um, I got to actually evidence that and see that um, in play. So I love the fact that you, you, you checked out all those different denominations, yet you found Jesus wherever you went, didn't you? Mm-hmm. I did, and, and, and in a lot of different expressions. And, and so kind of to the second half of your show, um, that's kind of, I think, the key for one of the things that Abba is working on, you know, is that Jesus is ahead, and there's multiple expressions. And working in the city of Austin specifically, you know, um, trying to um, cultivate the appreciation across a city for how Jesus is the head of the city and the body is expressed in different ways and getting mm. to be at work in a coordinated way. And what Dania mentioned was ABBAConnect.net. That's the Austin Bridge Builders Alliance, and that's coming up at the bottom of the half hour. Okay, as we talk with Dania Heffington from Sidera Health, I want to just, at what point in time, Dania, did you make that connection between your faith and your work? <laughs> for me, that is an ongoing daily adventure. I really have to say that. So um, when, as a young adult, um, I was working for a family-owned business. It's actually um, Mr. Gaddy's at that time. Their corporate offices were here in Austin. I'm working in the HR area, so um, I've always been in a people role, being able to just really love on and build into people. I feel like that's that's one of um, the areas that I'm I'm called to do to be an encourager and a and a builder of people, um, and so working in their HR department and kind of bouncing up against some ethical um, differences and how I felt like people should be treated versus how um, I think the company board was viewing people as utilitarian. Utilitarian is that is that a right word? Sure. With regard to you know making money versus hey these are people's lives that we want to invest in. So, wound up moving over to Dell Computer back when it just changed names from PCs Limited and worked in their human resources department and saw that kind of transition from a place where it was like bring your creativity to bear on a company to make it beautiful and to make it unique to more of that utilitarian view um, and then wound up working as a consultant for many years where I would hop into a lot of these startup companies and the the attitude, you could very easily quickly tell, is this a company that cares about the people that are working there or is this a company that's looking at people as a, as a means to a financial end? Did you find that organizations run by Jesus followers tended to value people better than organizations that weren't run by Jesus followers? Was there any correlation? 
Yes, there was a huge correlation between that. And you took the words right out of my mouth because that's where oh, I was sorry. Going. So, no, and that's great. Um, because what I, where, where I landed was, you know what, I, I want to be more intentional about working for companies that have that value alignment for me, which is that people are important and the way that we treat them is important. And so, you know, in my latter career years, that's, that's what I've done is I've made those intentional choices to work in places where people are valued. So talk about a place where people are valued. Sidera Health is where you're at today. Sidera.com, Sidera.com. Tony Dale and Felicity Dale, huge supporters of I Work for Him as we grow this ministry across the country. But we have talked about this on the air for many, many years because it really is a unique solution. How is that work environment at Sidera? Is it everything that you yeah. think it should be or is there still room for improvement? Uh, you know, there, we can always... Always, always improve, but I, I love working here, and I think that if you interviewed any team member here in Sedera, they would say the same thing. Um, we really try to live out our values as a, as a leadership team. We try to live out the values in a way, and then we try to challenge those who work for us to live out the values. So um, we talk a lot about the values, and we talk about how we're embodying those and embracing those and living those out. And um, we have five core values, and one of our core values is that we are rooted in love. And wow. I just love that. And to have that as a core value, how phenomenal is that? We've got Dania Heffington on the line. She is the Director of Member Experience at Sedera Health. She works for an incredible leader we've had on many times, Jamie Lagarde. He's been on the show many times sharing his story. Dania, is Jamie really as nice of a guy as he comes off on radio? He is super sweet um, and super compassionate, which is really fun in our business because, you know, we're, we're addressing the health concerns that our members have. And sometimes those are scary and people are um, a little concerned, like, is this healthcare sharing thing really going to work? And, um, you know, to make sure to see our leadership always respond in a compassionate way rather than um, like you think of tra- traditional insurance being more harsh and um as you said earlier institutional i mean it just it, yeah. it's one of those things all right so you're the director of member experience at sedera health how does your faith help you live that out every day so my faith i think it keeps me open-minded and always willing to listen and, and compassionate right you know jesus, jesus was compassionate and so being able to be compassionate but sometimes having to speak the truth and love with people when they when you have to tell them hard things um so in regard to the member, treating them with honor, um, making sure that the processes and the systems that we place reflect honor, um, that we express gratitude, um, all, all the fruits of the Spirit. You know, how can all the fruits of the Spirit show up in the way that we interact with our members or with um, um, whatever that member group is, whether that's a member of our community or whether that's a client company or whether that's an affiliate. I love that. And I love the fact that Sedera really stands out in the health uh, provision, healthcare world, because you guys provide an option that most people aren't even familiar with, healthcare sharing. Check them out online. This is a way to save your company a tons of tons of money in their in your benefits, but yet provide a solution that is really directed around relationship. It's just phenomenal. Sidera Health, check it out online, sidera.com, sidera.com. Now, uh, Dania, when I was talking with some people about interviewing you, they said, we'd make sure you talk to Dania about 
promoting women in leadership because she's got a platform. This is something that she's passionate about. But I want to ask you first a question. When we were off the air, you mentioned that that a lot of women that are out here in industry, that are out there in the marketplace, the workplace, no matter whether it's a in the marketplace or in it's in a workplace like a government organization or a healthcare organization or a, a, an educational organization, they believe a lie. What is that lie and what do they do about it? That's great. Thank you for asking that question, Jim. I do think that a lot of women have bought in the lie, and particularly in the work environment. And that lie is um, for women who really want to be successful, that you have to adapt um, the tiger lady image. I don't know if, how many of our listeners are from around in the 80s, but, um, you know, the image in my head comes with big shoulder pads and just mean and <laughs> just vicious, you know, and um, brutal and highly competitive. And, um, and, I, and I think that that's a lie that most women kind of when they think of themselves as and kind of weighing against am I a leader or not, have that type of an image out there. Kind of the devil wears Prada kind of, you know, that kind of attitude, right? Exactly. Yeah. Right. And, and I just want to encourage women to, to, to take the time to take that to the Lord and ask if that's really true, because what I've been seeing in regard to what he's doing to women in leadership is making space for women to show up just as they are um, and to to use their relational gifts to build stronger connections and teams so that companies are more successful in the long term. And um, in a place where that isn't valued, if relationships and long-term connectedness and teamwork, if that's not a value, then it's going to be more difficult, I think. And you do have to adopt a little bit more of that harsher attitude, which which is fine, but that is one of the best things I think that women bring to the table is um, is their compassionate, nurturing side. And if you think about that from a business perspective, um, they can close deals and they can develop longer-term relationships so that organizations have a more sustainable life. And so that that is what I've been seeing happening in my circle, in my network, is that the the Lord just seems to be making room, making it okay to be who you are to show up at a table. Well, and I, and I love that because it is, you know, the Romans 12, 2 says, stop copying the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. And it's all about the the world is telling you telling women, hey, you've got to sacrifice everything at home in order to succeed in in business. Uh, men are being told you need to sacrifice everything at home if you want to succeed in business. That, that sometimes there's gray areas and we need to just lie or cheat in order to be successful. And those are the way the world operates. But we're called to a different standard. Dania Heffington, who works at she's the member director of member experience at Sedera Health. Dania Heffington, talk to me about. That role, you've got multiple roles. You're a wife, you're a mom. Are you a grandma yet? No, not, not yet. Not yet, not yet, okay. And you're an executive. So how did you balance all those roles? Was there ever the, was there ever a tendency or a temptation to try to be superwoman and accomplish it yes. all and be perfect at it all? <laughs> yes, yes, there was. Um, and so here is what I will remind people of, is that there is a season. For everything, there is a season. 
and our lives as women, there are different points and different stages of our life that different things may need to lead. And that's going to be different for different women. So um, at some point, you may need to focus more of your attention at home because your children need that. At some point, you may need to focus more attention on your husband because they need it. He needs it. You may need to focus a little bit more time on your career. And if you allow for the space for whatever needs the attention at the time to take your attention and you have those authentic conversations with the other people in your life that are vying for your attention, it is amazing how then when the tide turns and those other relationships come to the forefront, the um, compassion that and the capacity that the people around you have for accommodating those changes in the natural rhythm of your life as you as you as time passes. Yeah, because life changes. I mean, little kids are demand a lot of attention, and some teenagers don't want to see you. And then it's everywhere dream, and you've got adult children, as you said. So I mean, they, and they want some time. Most of the time, it's either about money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay. well, or or they just need advice, which is very very nice. Uh, I don't know. Are your kids old enough where they've called and said thank you yet, and uh, they they ask for advice and they listen? I am just getting to that stage, and I am loving it. It is really a neat <laughs> stage. It is really a neat stage when they call and say, "I love you. I'm sorry. I understand now. You are right." I, those are like the greatest words. I always make them repeat it. Could you say that again, please? I'm recording now. Okay. You you are known in Austin, Texas, on really having a platform for uh, encouraging and promoting women in leadership. Why, how did this become a focus for you? Um, I think it just became, so I think it became a focus of mine because of the frustrations that I personally experienced in trying to step into leadership. I did not want to adapt the Tiger Lady, you know, Devil Wears Prada persona. I um, And then I was blocked in a lot of ways because of just my gender, which I have no control over. It's how the Lord made me. Um, and so just began having really authentic conversations with people and challenging conversations with people around why, why is it that whatever your belief system is around women and their role in leadership is the right belief system? Um, you explain, explain your perspective to me, and then can I share my perspective with you? So a lot of my passion just grew out of wanting to have the conversation um, and kind of push at some sacred cows that people, ideals that people have held on to that may or may not be founded on truth and may have never been questioned. They may have never questioned them at all. What are some of those sacred cows, Jania? Um, well, I mean, so one, and this might be a touchy subject for some of our Listeners, but I think, you know, the role of women in the church, I think, is a huge sacred cow that needs to be at least, you know, prodded a little bit and some great conversations around there. I agree. Out of Dallas is doing a really great job with her conversations around the Blessed Alliance. And if you guys aren't familiar with her work, I really encourage you to check, check out what she is saying. I talked over you when you said her name. Say it again, please. Jackie Reese. Jackie Reese, okay. And the conversation that she's doing around the Blessed Alliance is, is a really great conversation. And like I said, I think in the work environment, the perspective of, you know, to be a leader um, as a woman, how hard you have to be, um, being open to, to feedback for, around your job performance, right. being able to look at yourself honestly in the mirror um, and evaluate Very powerful. skills. 
yeah, work on your skills. But but the lie that you know, and challenging people if you're feeling like you're getting the message you're not hard enough of you know. So why would you say that? And what oh. can I do to show that I am tough enough? What a great summary. Dania Heffington, we're out of time, but I thank you for just giving us a little bit of encouragement for our lady listeners today and for all of us. Dania Heffington with Sedera Health, thank you so much for being on iWork for him today. Thank you, Jim. Appreciate it. We're heading off to a different part of Austin, Texas now to talk with Rich Carney. He runs an organization called the Austin Bridge Builders Alliance. No, they don't build bridges. This is not a highway construction company. This well, I'm going to let you let Rich Carney tell you all about this, but I I got to tell you, multiple people in Austin, Texas said, hey, you need to talk to Rich Carney. So that's who we're talking to today. Rich Carney, welcome to I Work For Him. Hey, Jim. Thanks so much. I really appreciate the opportunity to speak to you as well as your audience. Well, the I Work For Him. We're all excited about well, the I Work For Him audience always loves to hear about new ideas, things that are going on in cities across the country so that they can multiply that effort. Because one of the greatest things about the kingdom is that we can take advantage of economies of scale, just like any old corporation. In fact, Amen. we should be. So, but Rich, we always do this with every first time guest on I Work For Him. We always ask this question. How did you come to be a Jesus follower? Well, that's an interesting story. I grew up uh, during the Jesus movement for, for those who... Uh, from back in that era, it was uh, intoxicating in a good way. Um, I was a young man of about 14 years old. I'd, I'd come to faith a few years earlier, and uh, I was coming up to uh, men and women that were old to me, 18 and 19, and they are coming to faith left and right. So I came to follow Jesus at an early age, and I uh, started to follow and practice that uh, right after that. So, okay, so you were... You were in your teens. You got to see it. You got to see the Jesus movement, which I've heard about it. I was, a, I was, uh, I'm, it wasn't happening in, in Minnesota. So during the, because that was during the 70s, wasn't it? The early 70s? It was indeed. Okay. Late All right. 60s, 70s was prime time, right. the early so, 70s. Yes. So I still, I'm a little younger than you, so, but I've, I've heard about it. Multiple people talking about it. So, Rich Carney, as you, as you grew in your faith, at what point in time did you make that connection between your faith and your work, realizing that God cared as much about your work, whether you were in a pulpit pastor or a foreign missionary or doing what you do every day? At what point in time did you make that connection? Well, mine was a little different. I, I've made that connection. Uh, I'm a retired uh, military fella, and so mine came while I was in the military. And uh, when you're you're in some very stressful uh, situations, uh, you know, I, I was constantly in prayer. Uh, asking the Lord for guidance on how to lead uh, the men I was uh, trusted with and the situations I was uh, uh, placed in. And so again and again, my faith just showed up. And I knew that uh, they were not uh, isolated. They, it was in, uh, Everything was connected. There, it wove together in my day-to-day uh, walk with people. So, I mean, talk about that. We don't get a lot of uh, military guys on the show because most of them are busy and they're, they have a hard time pulling away to do radio. So your time in the military, how many years were you in the military? Uh, 24. Which branch of the military? I was in the Army. I was in Special Forces. Okay. <laughs> we're not going to ask you what you did because I don't want to lose my life. Okay. So <laughs> uh, talk, so. talk to us about that because living out your faith and being a follower of Jesus while you're being trained to be... Um, extraordinarily gifted with your killing skills to kill an enemy. How do you balance all that? What does that look like? Well, I do get off, often get asked during the time I was in special operations for many, many years. I was like, were you really a Christian? I said, yes, I really was. I said, have you read the Old Testament? Have you read the New Testament? <laughs> uh, great men of faith, centurions, you know, 
had great faith and uh, great responsibility. It's a noble, noble profession. And, uh, and I often say uh, those who were people of faith, uh, Christians, are, are some of your, your best soldiers. Uh, we know where we're going. Uh, you don't act reckless. You act with uh, determination and uh, focus uh, in what you do uh, each and every day. And there's, you know, there's ethical decisions each moment. But it played out. It was wonderful. I love it. Was a, it is a calling, just like it is to be a sure. carpenter. Uh, you know, and so I loved every part of it. I was asked on more than one occasion if I if I wanted to be a chaplain. I said, and, and nothing. That's great. We need chaplains. I said I had told him, "Are you lost your mind? <laughs> I do very. I'm very good at what I do." And and I I had a chance to share my faith all the time. People came to me uh, in, in some very unusual times, sometimes even in combat. And so uh, people know who you are. They know what you if you're if you're a person of faith and you practice it. People, they, they watch you. Right. They do. And, and they, and the beauty of it is you got to demonstrate being Jesus in your military position for 24 years. And you attracted people to yourself because they knew you had something different. You weren't operating out of fear. You were operating out of peace. Amen. That's well said, by the way. I, I think that's exactly it. Uh, and, and, and everybody handles stress situations different. Uh, you know, pray without season and all things give thanks to Christ Jesus, our Lord. Uh, and each situation you're placed there, I'd always say, because God placed me there. I expected also uh, the theology, my, my study of the Word of God, uh, show me that people are going to disappoint you uh, because uh, there's sin in the world, and uh, no one's going to live out their uh, side of what they're supposed to do perfectly. And so you use that, you anticipate that, you pray through it, and it puts you in a better situation as you uh, deal with people. Hmm. I love that. So how did God leave? So you got to retire military, and then you step into the next part of life. How did God lead you to being part of the Austin Bridge Builders Alliance? Well, I was actually uh, uh, somewhat recruited, uh, word of mouth. I was the uh, I was COO for a church planning network, a global network, and you know, word of mouth, uh, there's uh, in Austin, and I, I grew up in Texas, and so uh, it was at a stage in our life where it, it was very attractive. But I've been involved with the city movement stream, uh, which is a lot of variations that across the country, but people trying to mobilize the church or mobilize the business community. I've been involved with that for two decades now. And uh, this opportunity came about. I was asked if I'd uh, come and lead this effort. It's already been established uh, for already for uh, 15 years when I got here. And I stood on some great shoulders of men and women who'd uh, served faithfully. And so that's how I, I uh, why I came. One, it's in the city movement uh, stream, and it fit my gift packaging, and I felt uh, the Lord calling us, and it didn't hurt to get to come back home to Texas. Well, right, and, and okay, but you said a couple of things people are going to go like, but Jim, why didn't you ask this question? What <laughs> is What was the name of, as you were the COO of a church planting network, what was the name of that network? Well, it's, it, it was called Vision 360. And uh, I, they no longer exist. They, they did what they needed to do, and then they transitioned out to multiple cities. Okay. All right. That's fine. If they moved on, I would like to give plugs to great ministries. All right. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are going, now, Jim, what is a city movement? And we've talked, ah. we've, we've talked about that. We've talked about cities like Cincinnati, Ohio, and Modesto, California, who have collaboration amongst the churches and the ministries and the elected officials. We also got a county, Pasco County, Florida, where seven out of eight of the elected officials are all Jesus followers living out their faith in their work each and every day. But to you, Rich Carney, what is a city movement? Well, for me, uh, the city movement is 
bringing, uh, as close as you can, bringing the body of Christ, Big C Church, together. There's times when we can, all these streams can flow together. All the theologies, all the ethnicities, all the geographies, we can flow together for common purpose. And there's sometimes we're in our own lanes, and that's all fine. And for me, the city movement is being, for us, get more tactical in this, is that you need an organization that's a neutral convener. And in this case, I've all all the theology and all the work on the ground. Uh, I've found that if you're a neutral convener, you can bring a lot of people together to, for common purpose. And in this case, of course, for uh, what we do in the, the body of Christ. A neutral convener. Uh, there's some big words. You got some big words in your in, in, in your <laughs> uh, in your arsenal today. I like that. Okay, so a neutral convener. Okay, so talk about in Austin, Texas what the Austin Bridge Builders Alliance has been doing. Now, you, you came on after it had been established for 15 years. How many years has, has it been established now? We're, we've been around 20 years now. Okay, and so um, for 20 uh, years, what has the Austin Bridge Builders Alliance been doing? Well, we originally started out as a former businessman, you might like that, who uh, God uh, told him that he also needed to reach the students at University of Texas. And as he was doing that, he planted a church, but he... Uh, he was just a very practical fellow. He, he said, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> he went across the street to a pastor in another church and said, hey, can we be friends? Because I really don't know how to do this. And they had a good <laughs> laugh, and they, they uh, started a great friendship. Well, out of that, uh, this, uh, Dan Davis was the founder. He did some remarkable things. He, he didn't understand why pastors didn't uh, meet together or at least pray together. And so over a period of years, uh, he was able to form a group we call uh, pastors in Covenant. And uh, here in the greater Austin area, we have uh, over 200 pastors in these small groups, five to seven. They meet once a month in, in those small groups, and they don't talk about their church. They talk about their family and life. And, and what it's done is brought down barriers. This is across theologies. And wait, 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 wait. Rich, you just said that over 200 pastors in Austin, Texas, are getting together in small groups of five to seven, not talking about theology we talk about their families talking about their own walk with the lord you, you have 200 pastors meeting together that's right yeah uh it, it, depending on which day how, what the count is sometimes it's up or down <laughs> but yeah that's that's the, that's the count. that's phenomenal it is it is and, it, and it's a lot of credit goes back to dan dan uh you know he says i didn't know any better but i, I believe the lord was leading but uh in most cities i get asked how do you replicate what's going on in austin that there's a great unity going on here and i said well are you willing to pay the price? And that price is, it's, it'll take you to, well, be honest, it'll take you three to five years to do something like sure. that, get that baseline. But if you We're longer. at it, you can see remarkable things uh, happen. If you can build trust. Trust is where you want to go. So it all starts with trust. Okay, so you mentioned what's going on with pastors, but this is not just a movement of pastors. The Austin no. Bridge Builders Alliance, which, by the way, if people want, you want to check this out online, check it out online. AbbaConnect.net, AbbaConnect.net, and no, you're not going to get any music. I asked Rich Carney ahead of time <laughs> if they used any of the Abba songs as like their theme songs, but they said no. But that's their website, AbbaConnect.net. Okay, so sorry, well, just want to put just that real in there quickly about Abba. Now, it, those of your listeners may know uh, the uh, the word Abba in, in the, the Hebrew Greek, uh, Father God, and so you get that from the, the Hebrew. And so that acrostic, you bring it out, of course, Austin Bridge Builders Line is what we're, we're all about. So your question was again? 
before I. <laughs> I have no first. idea. Okay, no. What it was was you've got 200 pastors getting together, but the Austin Bridge Builders Alliance is so much more than pastors yes. getting together. What else is going on? Well, we've been blessed. Uh, when I got here, we had a great relationship capital with uh, pastors in the local church, but really not a lot was happening in the marketplace. But through God's grace, um, a lot of things started happening. We started holding uh, Austin Christian Business Summit in collaboration with others in the community. And it, uh, we've had over 5,000 business leaders, uh, men and women, attend one of our events in the last five years. And, and when something like that happens, you know that uh, God is at work and it's something unique. Um, it, some of the other th- items that come out of this, we have an annual gathering of CEOs and pastors uh, trying to bring down uh, any kind of barrier between those two uh, dynamic kingdom leaders. Hey, we're going to talk value. about that when we come back. We're out of time in this segment. We're talking with Rich Carney. He's the dir- Are you the director, the super dude? Yes. What is it that's your, your title? It's the executive director. Executive <laughs> director of the... Bottle washer. Uh, that's right. The executive director of the Austin Bridge Builders Alliance. You got to check it out online. ABBA or ABBAConnect.net. ABBAConnect.net. Really, with this, this is part of a city movement of God in Austin, Texas. And ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know, Austin, Texas is a very big state. 880 miles on the freeway from one end to the other. I know. I've done it several times in the last several years. In Austin, Texas, one of the most liberal anti-Jesus cities in the state of Texas. Unbelievable. What God is doing there, and that's really what we need to pay attention to. As the pressure cooker increases, Jesus followers see a need to come together in unity to fight back the pressure. When everything's just fine and, and dandy, people are like, well, we're good. We don't, need, we, don't, we don't see any problems. When the problems start to arise and the pressure starts to come, that's when things start to really bloom. And Rich Carney, that's what you got going in Austin, Texas. 20 years the Austin Bridge Builders Alliance has been going. You were talking about these annual events that, you're, that, are, uh, that are happening. W- what are those all about? Well, we, uh, part of, we, we work in four sectors. We work in the marketplace, local church, nonprofit, and the civic community, trying to uh, you know, weave them together because uh, I believe the biggest issue we face is isolation. It's not mm-hmm. that people don't want to work with you. They don't know you exist. So if I can bring people together, bring down some of those barrier, uh, relationship barriers, then we can, get, we can address some of the spiritual and social issues we have. In this case, we bring together uh, CEOs, and we bring together uh, uh, pastors. And, uh, and so it's been a great uh, last five years we've had this gathering. And just a, it's, it's just amazing what pastors and, and these executives have, the conversations we have at the table. And so, and we do something that's kind of different. We actually, uh, after we're about halfway through the program, we rotate tables, which if you're highly relational, it's just a, a trauma. <laughs> but we move people around and they get to meet other people. So at the end of the day, you're getting to meet people you've heard about uh, from afar, but you're actually at the same table with you and your spouse. And it's really uh, opened many doors for our community. So it's uh, like speed awareness. dating for, it's like speed dating networking. <laughs> speed networking yes. is what it is. In, in, in a sense, it is. And, okay. and so anyway, that's one of the things. The other, uh, there's some other uh, programs and things that we've had. One we're real proud of is we, we have this emergent leadership initiative where we have coupled uh, uh, millennial uh, business leaders with uh, seasoned CEOs. And it, I was, we just, we piloted it last year. We didn't know how it would go. And it was just, uh, just done well. So we've had. Uh, so explain, uh, hang on, hang on. You're so excited. Yeah. I want to make sure I get some of this, this emerging sure. leaders thing. So is that where you've got 
um, chronologically superior people investing in less chronologically superior people. So you got, <laughs> is that what you're doing? You get yes, mentoring across the across the experience uh, spectrum there. And so yes, we have we have seasoned CEOs, executives own their own companies or, or uh, run a company, and uh, they've been gracious to give uh, some of their time each month. And then they coach uh, these young uh, leaders. That, and the whole idea behind that is this. If you want a thriving community, which is what we want, we've got to invest in the next generation. And you can go to Harvard for the Business Act, Act mean, uh, and then you can go to a seminary for your theology. But what, where do those two collide? And you know, how do you practically live it out? And so that's what we have. They have a cohort. And so they get that we want them to be uh, uh, spiritually aware and then business savvy, both. And so mm. we're giving them uh, this, this. That's the program we provide, and it's just that this is remarkable uh, how these people are progressing, both in their business, but how to live it out uh, with their faith in their business. Okay, so let's start. We're talking with Rich Carney from Austin, Texas, about the Austin Bridge Builders Alliance. No, this is not a construction firm. This is a firm focused on weaving the community together, the community of believers, the, the big C church, the king, the people invested in the kingdom of God, whether they're involved in the church, the marketplace, the nonprofit world, or the civic serving the government world, weaving them all together through relationship to turn and make an impact on culture. You say on your website, we transform how the church and community live, work, and serve together. Talk to me, Rich Carney. How is the Austin Bridge Builders Alliance, after 20 years of development and maturing, how is it impacting culture in Austin, Texas? I think one way we can, uh, you get, there's a lot of ways to engage. You know, you talk about crime, you talk about homelessness, uh, a lot of areas. Uh, I often say that we don't solve homelessness or sex trafficking, but I know the people who have a passion for that, and we bring them together. Most times they don't know each other exists, so when I can bring them together, they have the heart, and then they can take off, and they do that. And there's a lot of great examples of that. In this case, uh, w- one of the precursors to making some of that happen is bringing your community together. We've uh, we've been able to mobilize thousands of people, uh, and one is very successful is Round Rock. is a, a suburb, uh, a major city in this uh, greater Austin area. And Round Rock, we were, were with uh, 50 ch- uh, pastors, 50 churches, and we came together, and well, about 1,500 people, and we were with the police department, fire department, city officials, and uh, we had a day of service and helped in so many different ways, whether it was uh, beautification in parks, but also going door to door and uh, helping people with uh, fire detection de- devices. And so when you do that, it's easy to mobilize people in the church, generally speaking. But what was unique about this is that when you're out serving, these everybody in this their serving group were from different churches and different uh, uh, job professions, and that was really unique. And so what that does is it creates in the community favor, and and out of that people come together for other causes. That's just one example of bringing people together so that they feel a sense of a shared identity, and you need that. You know, like oh, I'm not alone. We can do the, oh, we really are. We can do this uh, together across ethnicities and theology. And we do that both in the, the local church and we do it in the marketplace. So Rich, let's talk about this. So you, you're dealing with people in, in every category of work. So you're, because you're dealing with church workers, marketplace workers, nonprofit workers and civic, or what I'm saying, what I like to say, we, we, we talk about the marketplace and the workplace, people that work in hospitals, people that work in the government, people that work um, in, in schools don't, 
feel like they're part of the marketplace, if they really are, but that's what you're calling civic people uh, and government people. So talk to us about how you are encouraging, just give me some results of how you're encouraging Jesus followers to live out their faith and their work and what it's looking like now that they know they have permission to do so. Well, I guess a good example is we were uh, in conversations with city officials in another town, and um, we and we had uh, pastors and business leaders in the room that were uh, people of faith. And uh, when you're in a government organization, uh, there's they have a tendency to take over uh, the conversation. And so I had my work is behind the lines. And so what I did has very respectful, honest conversations about how they could listen to the local church and local business community. And then I had honest conversations with pastors on how to listen to uh, the civic leaders, the government leaders. And what it came out of that was very beautiful. We would be in a meeting, and, and this one gentleman is not a person of faith. He, 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 uh, he started meeting, says, uh, and he looked at a business leader and said, would you open us in prayer? And almost everybody dropped their jaw. But it was, it was respectful. It was honest. And so what, what we're doing how we're doing is we're setting up the background so that people can actually have be comfortable. No matter where you come from, from faith or non-faith, you can sit at the same table and solve issues in our community together. And people of faith can actually be who they are and be comfortable doing that. And that's just one example. Okay, so what kind of problems are they saving? Or are they setting, excuse me, are they, you, you said you're putting people together at a, at a table so they can solve problems. What, okay, what kind of okay. issues are they working on? Sure, there are several. Uh, one, uh, there's some that are very uh, out there, and some that are very specific. Uh, we've had uh, a number of uh, people in our community. They were having uh, issues with suicide, and they contacted and asked if we begin praying. And they had a, it was really spiking. Well, within weeks, it went to zero and has stayed there. And so that's that's really what's neat about solving that problem. It's it's a an issue that's practical, real, and hard, and at the same time, it's spiritual. And we have a, a civic community, government people, folks, reaching out to the church, asking for a hand, doing something they can't do, and so they're, connect, they're solving that issue. But it goes to other, like hunger. Uh, we have a number of uh, now a coalition of churches that have come together that previously were not working together to, to feed uh, the homeless and those in need. Uh, it goes to uh, sex trafficking. We've seen a number of people get ex- uh, excited about uh, coming together in a coalition. One I'm really, uh, I think, it's inspiring is now in the state of Texas uh, at our pregnancy centers to help people uh, save their babies. Uh, we have a, a group, and finally, after all these years, there may be a coalition of, uh, at these pregnancy centers all across the state uh, so they can go to the government and, and ask for assistance where there's need necessary but also wow. more public awareness. That's Incredible. Just there's, there's a lot more. Rich Carney with Austin Bridge Builders Alliance, I thank you for sharing this with the iWorkFrame audience. It's just been a little tickle, but people, if you're interested, reach out to Rich on his website, abbaconnect.net, abbaconnect.net. Rich Carney, thanks for being on iWork for him today. Thanks, Jim. God bless you. Make sure you take out, check out Rich and his team and what they're doing in Austin, Texas, abbaconnect.net, abbaconnect.net. This is something that's got to be happening in every city. You've been listening to I Work Ram with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower. My workplace, it's my mission field. But ultimately, I work for him.